Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Future Brew right here on AmazingBrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, per usual, Stephen Ostentoski and John Simmons. John, I know you've had quite the uh, hectic trip back to New York, but everything's all safe and sound, it sounds like. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good, yeah. Relaxed, finally, to be home and not driving and uh, get to wait, you know, another few weeks before I have to move again. So uh, at least I'll be in state this time. So it'll be just a minor, minor move. Yes. There. Yes. Not so as that, bad. That's, okay. Yeah. Not traveling uh, to Utah or Arizona no. across the country again. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's certainly good. Good to hear. Steven, how are you doing? My friend, everything going all right on your end. I saw you did a uh, tough mutter recently. How did that go? Dude, I got lost. I got lost. I uh, was supposed to run just the 5K. And, uh, dude, if that tells you how uh, how poor directions, I, uh, I can't even say. I, it, it's just I get lost at everything without navigation. So, clearly, I need to update my watch and upgrade to ensure I have maps on my watch or something. So, I ended up doing, like, a 10K Tough mutter instead of the 5K. Um, but, I mean, it ended up well. Um, just, you know, yeah. a little bit extra mileage, but, uh, <laughs> it was, it was funny. It was funny. I can, uh, you know, look back on it and, and, um, you know, it was good experience regardless of, you know, me being a little bit extra tired <laughs> at the end of it. Did, did you, uh, have to fork over some extra money for doing the 10 K or was it all the same price? So it, the 10 mile, it's either 10 mile or 5k. Uh, you have a different wristband for either one. They didn't catch me. So I actually did like two additional, uh, challenges or obstacles, whatever they call them. I actually did two that are specific to the 10 mile, but they didn't catch me. So I was, I got away with it. So (laughs) hopefully no one from tough mutters listening. No, no one. No, I I assure you, no one from tough mutter listens to future brew. Uh, It's all good. No worries. I won't rat you out. I don't know about John. I can't speak for him, but uh, I, your secret's safe with me. That's for sure. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Wipe the sweat off the brow. Um, So we're going to talk obviously football recruiting. It's been a busy month for the football program and a lot going on with visitors, but we're going to, First, speak about the most recent commits uh, for the Michigan football program. It all started last Wednesday uh, with 2022 four-star quarterback Jaden Denegal standing at 6'4", 215 from Apple Valley, California, traveled to Ann Arbor to throw in front of Jim Harbaugh and the coaching staff. He received his offer at that time and, I don't know, maybe an hour or two later committed to the program publicly. So it was a really quick developing recruitment there. He's the number 19 QB and number 265th overall player in the country in his class on the 24 seven composite has other pretty decent offers. Auburn MSU was on him real hard, had some crystal balls to the Spartans before Michigan jumped in with that offer. Also had a Georgia offer, uh, Colorado, Utah, Arkansas, and a few other smaller schools there. So it was pretty much right when Michigan uh, extended that offer is pretty much game over. So John, I just wanted to get your thoughts on just this quarterback position in this recruiting class in general. Michigan finally has its quarterback now. It's been an absolute roller coaster ride at the position in this class. Just want to get your thoughts on Denigal and just the recruiting of quarterbacks in general in this class for Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's been looking for a quarterback for a while and I don't think I don't think anyone expected uh 
it's a wrap up so quickly, you know, after Nate Johnson committed to Utah, you know, they're down to, you know, Connor Harrell and Justin Martin really. And then Harrell started getting crystal balls to UNC. Um, and then I'm not sure what happened with Martin, but he's a Cal commit already. So, you know, it's always going to be unlikely. So, you know, they get Denegal to, to take a trip out to Michigan, um, which I think he was definitely excited to do because I think a lot of the other schools that offered him had already taken a quarterback this cycle. So, you know, he didn't really have a lot of options. I think Michigan State was pursuing that the other guy who just decommitted from Boise State. So when he got the offer, you know, he's looking for a big-time program, and there's few bigger than Michigan. So uh, he pulled the trigger, didn't waste any time, which is, I think, good for Michigan so they can just wrap up this whole saga, um, you know, get him recruiting for the rest of the class and, uh, you know, hopefully fill out the rest of the guy with the rest of the class with, you know, skill, skill players to surround him with. Yeah, I think the, I mean, obviously everybody knows the quarterback position is the most important position in the game of football, arguably the most important position in any sport. So getting a four-star quarterback locked in the day that you offer him as the coaches are watching him throw, he traveled to Ann Arbor from California on his own, wanted to get that offer. And he finally did so uh, after that uh, throwing session in front of Harbaugh and the other coaches. So yeah, very clearly a good pickup here and an important one. Uh, You bring up a good point, John, being able to now divert their attention to some other positions of need, uh, namely wide receiver. And I know that they want another tight end. We'll talk about one that visited uh, this past weekend later on. Steven wanted to get your thoughts as well, because at 6'4", 215, pretty similar in stature to Justin Martin, who John alluded to. And you had been saying since they offered him that Justin Martin wouldn't be an ideal fit in Josh Gaddis's offense. So I'm curious how you feel about Denigal and what do you see on his tape, both positively and negatively, just in general? Yeah, it's interesting. John kind of mentioned with the offers that he had early on, those teams kind of filled up the position. Um, the thing that stands out the most about his recruitment overall is he's a guy who's very likely to stick around at Michigan. He's high-end academic guy, good cultural fit. Usually when a guy commits immediately upon getting an offer, um, it kind of alludes to this is a school uh, that he fits really well, right? It didn't seem like he had to do a whole lot of thinking when he got that offer. He committed right away the same day. So uh, that that just shows that he's likely a guy who was either waiting for that offer or um, – you know, really saw a good future at the program. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of time that he needed to spend to think that over. So um, I, I, about the like Gaddis, like not really fitting the offense, I still think that's kind of true, but at a certain level, you need to have quarterbacks that uh, bring a relatively high floor. And I think he does have that. Um, you know, he's, he's been working on staying in shape at six, four, there are articles about him being upwards of two thirty, even close to two forty. Uh, so that could, you know, probably be uh, some explanation to why teams could cool on him or move on to other options. Now that he's kind of getting his body back around 215, 220 or so, that's an ideal weight where uh, he'll he'll live and uh, seems like he's, he's working to get there. So I like that, you know, he's going to be able to improve his athleticism. You know, he is a pure pocket guy, but he does uh, have the ability to move around uh, in the pocket when pressure does arrive. And that'll only again, improve as he keeps his weight in check. So uh, in terms of other skill sets that stand out to me, the variety of types of throws uh, that he can make, um, 
You know, he, he has a pretty good deep ball, able to drop it in the bread basket on fades, um, uh, back shoulder throws. He's shown ability to do that. He, he doesn't have the quickest motion though. And that's the biggest area of improvement. His mechanics need to speed up both his footwork and his throwing motion uh, are a bit slower than what you'd like to see uh, at, a, at a program like Michigan at that next level. So that'll take time. Um, but again, I think with this recruitment, it's more about who's the kind of guy that will stick around uh, to wait for his turn. And when you combine the academics, combine a high, uh, a high floor and still some things to work on, you know, he's not a five-star who's going to move on immediately when he doesn't start. He, he's going to be a good cultural fit that uh, seemingly uh, will be able to get coached up a bit until it is his turn, maybe redshirt sophomore year or around that time. So I think it makes sense uh, in terms of the type of recruit that Michigan uh, could get um, in this class because of what the, uh, the depth chart currently is at that position. Yeah. Because of the current depth chart and because of what they're going after in 23, because you can imagine that they're going to turn all their attention to five-star in-state uh, quarterback Dante Moore. I, I would anticipate they just go all in on him in that 23 class. And he's, I, I want to say he's the number two quarterback ranked in that class right now. So they're going to be all, all, all guns, uh, guns blazing in that recruitment there. Um, for him. So yeah, it's good that they got 22 locked in and uh, hopefully no, no funny business or decommitments come from that because they'd have to really scramble at that point. Um, They were already kind of scrambling. So let's move on to the two other commits from this past week that both came on Friday in the form of 2022 three-star pass rusher Cavante Henry and 2022 three-star offensive lineman Alessandro Lorenzetti, which is in the running for coolest recruit name in this cycle. Uh, let's start with Henry, though, at 6'4", 225. He's from California as well as Denegal. Uh, he's from Lawndale, California. Number 708 overall on the composite. Had some other pretty good offers out west from Oregon, USC, Arizona State, Utah. So, again, mostly West coast schools there. Uh, He took an unofficial visit to Michigan the first weekend in June. So he should be able to come back in the fall on an official visit for one of their home games. And this recruitment was primarily led by not only Ryan Osborne, but uh, West coast recruiting star in the making Courtney Morgan. Uh, So again, being recruited as kind of like a versatile pass rusher, uh, D lineman slash linebackers will, obviously see exactly where he fits in when he gets on campus. But John, this is a guy that despite the low ranking is a guy that Michigan wanted for a little while now, really since Courtney Morgan came onto this uh, recruiting staff. So at the end of the day, again, he's, he's only number hundred number 708 overall on the composite. But uh, again, at the end of the day, they landed one of the top guys on their board at this position. And I would imagine that they're pretty ecstatic about that. Yeah. I think uh, after Victor's weekend, I think Steve Lorenzo on the Michigan insider said it was Joshua Joseph's and, Cavante Henry at the top of their edge board. And this was even before all those crystal balls started coming in for Henry. So um, I think that was a legit take. And I think Michigan thinks they got one of the top edge guys to just suit their new defense. Um, And he definitely seems like a a riser in the rankings. He plays in California. So he had a short in junior season, but after that, that um, 
the film he put up, even though it was five games, he started getting all these offers. It kind of reminds you of Aaron Alexander because I think he Henry played running back, was more focused on running back before he uh, played defense too um, as an underclassman. So I think he has a higher ceiling to reach as well. Um, and I, I think he still is going to end up taking some visits in the fall um, just because this, this commitment, you know, was pretty unexpected. I don't think he was planning to commit this early, but I think Michigan was able to kind of squeeze him a bit uh, with, you know, Mario Eugenio is deciding the early July. Um, I think spots are kind of filling up at that edge position. So I think they're able to, uh, you know, leverage their position a little bit and get Henry to commit, but I would expect him to maybe go on some other official visits um, since I don't think he's taken many so far, maybe to, you know, USC or Oregon, some of those bigger PAC 12 offers. Um, so Michigan, I think we'll still have to weather through that during the season, but I, I also think he'll be back mm-hmm. at Michigan to see a game. And I think he really likes Michigan and Michigan really, really likes him. So it's a good pickup. Yeah. I mean, rightfully so he should be able to take those official visits. No problem. And I, I think it's good that, that you brought up a good point that he does commit because the board is shrinking as these players end up committing and Eugenio like you said, he's committing early July. So that's, uh, I mean, the crystal balls are rolling in for Michigan for him. So that's another spot uh, assumingly taken. So yeah, definitely good for him to get the commitment locked in. And if he so chooses to go somewhere else later on down the road, uh, so be it. I mean, it's just great for the kid to uh, have his commitment in place now. Steven, uh, we've talked about Henry a few times and, you know, besides the stuff on offense, I mean, it, it seems like he's well suited for this new brand of defense that Mike McDonald is bringing in. Um, the thing that popped out to me on tape, Steven, and I don't know how your thoughts are exactly on him, but for me personally, I mean, he's got some long arms and he uses them pretty well already. So just the fact that he's coming into this new look defense that Mike McDonald is bringing from Baltimore, it seems like he's kind of, just a perfect fit for what they're wanting to build on that defense. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. When I was putting together notes, watching his film, I think, you know, the edge position, I feel like there's just been a ton of names that we've brought up in previous episodes here. He's the guy, I think at this point, who's fit that position to a T, uh, probably the best of any other prospects that Michigan's targeted at that position. Um, so I don't think there's any question, you know, sometimes with these edge guys, it's like, well, he could grow into a defensive end, or maybe he, you know, will stay the current size he is and, and be a linebacker. I don't think there's any question uh, where Cavante Henry's going to end up. It's going to be edge. Uh, you mentioned his long arms. He has a great frame to put on another 30 or so pounds. Um, and play around 250, which is about exactly where you would want him to play with that height. So uh, he plays like a madman. I mean, he shows a really good, good motor. Uh, The thing you really like the most important skill that I look for is uh, I think motor is really important as an edge rusher, but what kind of bend do you have? What kind of athleticism, you know, you mentioned the running back film, which is super fun, uh, but he has that, that bend that you're looking for around the edge and no issues uh, whatsoever on his speed or acceleration at that position as well. So, 
biggest thing is you just got to add that weight. I think you could get a little bit stronger, especially in the upper body, um, get him in control. He does kind of seem like a freight train at times. So, you know, lane integrity outside contain, um, you know, those, those are things that will come with time, but definitely things that, uh, he's still pretty raw at. And then only other thing to improve on would be his, his get off at the line of uh, scrimmage. I think he fires off a, a bit high at this point. Um, but I mean, with his athleticism, you know, the, a lot of the things I mentioned are just things that time uh, will solve and, and coaching uh, that Michigan will provide that will get him to that place. So I'm really excited. Uh, again, guys who truly fit the edge position and, and, you know, rather than being kind of caught between positions, um, those guys really excite me. And I think Henry, Henry fits that uh, extremely well. Let's move on to Lauren Zetti. Um, he took a visit over Victor's weekend and essentially right after that weekend made a top three of Michigan, Michigan State and Penn State. And it was just a couple days after that that uh, he ended up committing to the University of Michigan. Listed at 6'6", 285, he is a Canadian-born prospect but plays football in Connecticut, has actually yet to play a high school football game in the United States. So he will uh, certainly be a prospect to keep an eye on and see how he does this fall. I'm very intrigued to see uh, his progression and see how big he can bulk up before he gets to Ann Arbor. Um, uh, besides his top three also had an offer from Georgia too. And uh, most of his offers have come from the camp circuit over the last month. So a lot of schools really liked him. He was unranked when Michigan offered, but uh, his composite ranking is now at 704 overall in the country. So John, I'll toss it to you much like Denigal. This was a, a pretty cr- quick recruitment. Um, you know, he, he's not as uh as uh, you know, as fast recruitment as Denigal, obviously with, with him committing like an hour or so uh, after throwing and getting his uh, uh, recruitment, but uh, camped with Michigan in mid June committed before the month was over. So this was a pretty quick one too. What do you like about him? Yeah, he uh, had some Christmas balls to Michigan state and then was going to visit Penn state. He visited Penn state once and was going to go back, but, his first visit to Michigan made him reschedule and uh, come back again. So I think Michigan really made a big impression on him. So it's good to see them beat out some uh, big 10 foes. And he was going to go to Ohio state and camp in front of them. And the way things are going, probably get an offer. And I kind of wish he did just so, you know, we could tout, you know, them beating out Ohio state for him too. Um, But I think, you know, he's another diamond in the rough type guy. That's gonna, that doesn't have a, uh, very much film, uh, you know, being from Canada, not being able to play a junior year, really. So uh, tracking his development in the fall is going to be huge. And hopefully uh, he can keep uh, refining his technique because I know he has a long way to go. And I think Stephen could definitely speak more on that. But um, we'll see where he runs, ends up in, in the rankings when it's all said and done. But it's yeah, it's another guy that Michigan identified, saw him in person, which is good. Um, so they can confirm the skills, you know, pass the eye test and then, uh, you know, saw enough to offer him and accept his commitment. So I think, uh, you know, he has a lot of he has a lot of room to grow still a lot of potential. Yeah, lots of room to grow, lots of potential. I saw I, I can't remember exactly who it was, but one of the guys over on 24 seven said that he wouldn't be shocked if. Uh, he was a four star by the time it's all said and done. Now he didn't mention if it was just on their rankings or if it was the composite, I would highly doubt a composite four star, but 
I mean, if he has a great senior season, um, who knows? I suppose we'll see. But yeah, Stephen, I mean, we talked about him very briefly last week as uh, time was running up on our pod last week. And you mentioned kind of like what we've been talking about. There's a lot of work for him to do is a pretty raw prospect, but you project him at the right tackle spot with Connor Jones at the left tackle spot. Explain all of those in depth now that we have more time to do so. Why do you think all of these things uh, that we briefly talked about last week? Yeah, I don't see him as like a true athletic left tackle that you really need. I was actually, I, I went back and watched his film again. I was actually more impressed with his uh, his footwork um, at, at kind of the guard and both center positions. He's able to, to really move his feet pretty well in pass protection. So uh, I like that. And obviously at his size, you know, he, he has the requisite size that you want as a tackle. Um, but I just don't, I don't see that high level athleticism. And if you're, you know, left tackle is the position where you generally want your most athletic, uh, offensive lineman. So, um, I think there's still room for him to grow as a run blocker. I think he uh, can improve his hands. I, I like how he gets off of the ball, uh, pretty well. Um, he just has to extend his arm, his arms a little bit better. Uh, so he gets, pretty good initial pop on defenders. It's just about continuing to move his feet, extend his arms uh, and go from there. So he doesn't seem to have like the true frame as well. Like his arms don't seem extremely long uh, for that position overall. So, uh, you know, I think all those reasons where it's like, yeah, he has the frame. I don't know about the athleticism. He could definitely grow into that, but um, I think he just needs to sculpt his body. And uh, there's a lot of projecting if you're going to, get him at the left tackle position that I just don't see at this point. So, um, you know, going through his film, I think he's ahead of where I initially thought um, in terms of his overall technique, there are things that he more just needs to, uh, to sculpt up a bit. And I think he needs to get in shape a little bit better. I think he can, um, you know, shed some bad weight and going through a program like, like Michigan will obviously take care of that. So, um, yeah, I think I predict, I don't know if it was him. I predicted around the 700, 800 range. Um, it was, I still think that's, it was him. yeah, I still think that's probably appropriate. So it'd be shocking for me if I saw him as a four star, but again, these guys at six, five, six, six, don't really grow on trees. And I was impressed with his footwork overall, which is really important, especially in pass protection uh, for a tackle. So he does have that. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, a lot of other areas he does have work to do, but, um, uh, you know, like I said, these guys, these guys don't grow on trees with this size. So uh, you, you take them when you can, when you can get them of that, of yeah, that you, caliber. You can't teach size. That's one thing that uh, you really cannot teach. And with a guy that's already six, six, two eighty five, that's, that's pretty good. So yeah, I mean, just sculpt them the way that you want your offensive lineman to be built in the big 10 and see what happens there. And obviously we'll see where he ends up, but yeah, I mean, right tackle, um, it probably seems a uh, fit for him uh, at Michigan. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back and we're going to talk about the official visitors from this past weekend. Well, let's talk about home field for just a second. If you are not familiar with home field just yet, uh, they are a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfortable, but it's officially licensed gear. So they really don't screw around when it comes to their designs. And the cool thing about Homefield is that they study every school's history, traditions, and legacies to create those thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they got some really cool original Michigan designs that you will not find 
anywhere else. They got crewnecks, T-shirts, you name it. They've got it. Anything you need to stay cozy, it's at homefieldapparel.com. So if you're looking for some of that stuff, use our 20% off promo code MNB at checkout. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Again, that's MNB at checkout, and you'll get 20% off your entire first order. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. It is time to talk about the final official visitors of the month of June to roll through Ann Arbor. These prospects visited this past weekend officially, and it was the last weekend in June to do so before the recruiting dead period rears its ugly head once again at the beginning of July. And that will go through July 24th, which will probably be around the time that Michigan holds its yearly barbecue at the big house recruiting event. So we'll have a lot to talk about uh, later on in the month of July. But for now, let's get to these official visitors, boys. Let's start with three-star cornerback prospect Jaleel Florence at 6'1", 180. He hails from San Diego, California. He is a fringe four-star in the composite, but still three-star. He's at number 385 overall. 24-7 themselves has him as a four-star. He was supposed to visit for Victor's weekend, but pushed it back to this weekend instead had to cancel a trip to Syracuse to do so. Uh, really shows his interest in Michigan there. Also visiting Oregon next month and Washington possibly for a game uh, this fall. Um, got to speak with him for a little bit on Sunday night after his trip. And he had a lot of really good things to say about the university, about the big house, and about the coaching staff. You can catch that. Uh, story on maizeandbrew.com right now. Uh, but he mentioned that his favorite part of the visit was having dinner in one of the suites in the big house overseeing the field. He also enjoyed being able to interact with the other recruits that we'll talk about. And uh, he is putting out a top three list on the 4th of July. And I fully expect Michigan to make that top three list, John. So I just, I'll throw it right over to you, John. Where do you think Michigan sits in this race? And if Michigan does make his top three, which again, I do anticipate that to happen. Um, who would be, in your opinion, John, the other two schools to watch for in this recruitment? It, to me, it seems like Oregon and Washington, but what say you? Yeah, I think you're probably right. I would say Oregon for sure, just because, you know, he talked about already having plans to visit them. Um, and then, you know, Washington's the other big West Coast school that's offered him so far. So that just kind of makes sense. Um, but I think, you know, this is another – uh, recruitment that Courtney Morgan has really uh, took taken the lead on. And I, don't, I think um, is the reason that Michigan's in on him for. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a crystal ball or two roll in for Michigan here. 
uh, following this visit. Uh, I think that, you know, from the story you posted, he had a really good time um, seeing everything um, and, you know, canceling another visit to keep Michigan on the books obviously shows a lot of interest in his part. So uh, I think he's definitely a good, uh, he has has a good chance to join the class um, and join Will Johnson as cornerbacks um, in here. So we'll have to see, but I think he, uh, things are looking good right now for Michigan. Yeah, things are looking good for him. And Steven, I'll toss it to you. Things are looking good for him and Miles Pollard. Uh, Those are easily the two top cornerback recruits Michigan is continuing to go after in this class. I mean, two of those, I mean, having both those guys join Will Johnson would be just a wonderful cornerback recruiting class for Michigan after really only getting just the one. Uh, in the previous cycle. So uh, in my opinion, getting this good of a visit out of Florence and then having an already successful visit with miles Pollard, that bodes really well for Michigan to eventually land at least one of those guys. Right, Steven. Yeah. Yeah. You're setting yourself up really well um, with Florence. Uh, again, we, we, I feel like we've talked about all these cornerbacks that Michigan has been going after. He's another tall one, right? Six one. Um, and you mentioned before that you, you can't, uh, can't teach size. You also can't teach speed. And he's a guy who has really solid track times, 11.01 in the hundred meters and 22.58 in the 200 meters. He also participates in the 400 meter. Uh, so I, I always love to see that guys who do multiple sports, obviously Harbaugh, uh, is preached that as well. Um, and, and yeah, I think if, if already having Will Johnson, um, you know, you can kind of reach for these guys that uh, I think he's right on the three-star, four-star line. I think uh, he, he has a frame and, and skill set that's a little bit underrated at that point. I think he uh, probably is closer to a top 250 guy um, at the very least. So yeah. Uh, with that speed and that height, again, that, that's that's a combo you just don't see that often at the cornerback position. And he looks comfortable in, in coverage. That's the thing that stood out most to me on film. Still some technique uh, to improve on, but um, again, Michigan's really going after these taller, lankier, speedy cornerbacks. And uh, I, I think that's a pretty um, – it's deliberate. It's a deliberate effort because again, to compete with the top end of the big 10, you need speed uh, and you need size. And those are just the type of athletes you need to uh, be able to compete with the wideouts that uh, top programs in the conference are, are, are getting these days. So he definitely fits that bill. And um, you know, with miles Pollard or Florence, you'd be happy with either of them. Yeah. Uh, I think Michigan would take both. <laughs> I think they take both too. And I think they at least lead for one of them. I think uh, Pollard seems a little bit more uh, leaning towards Michigan. I would say just with his connection with Clink and Will Johnson, they've formed a tight bond, but this, this is a great first step for Florence. So we'll, we'll see how the rest of the recruitment goes for sure. But let's move on to the tight end position and uh, three-star Colston Loveland was also officially visiting this past weekend in Ann Arbor, 6'5", 230. He's from the potato state of Idaho, and that's not really a, uh, a football uh, landscape where you go recruiting at, but he's certainly uh, one of the top guys from the state uh, in the last few cycles. He's number 584 overall, has a top seven right now of U of M, Alabama, Boise State, Colorado, Oregon State, Arizona, and Arizona State. Also picked up a few recent uh, good offers from LSU and Auburn. So 
he's had a, a, a few crystal balls put in for Michigan over the last day or so. And on Sunday, I saw that uh, there was a future cast prediction on rivals as well. So, John, it sounds like Michigan knocked it out of the park once again uh, for a tight end recruit. This one being Loveland, a slow rising prospect from out west. Um, again, like I said, in a state that doesn't usually yield many high caliber football prospects, but he's a guy Michigan would love to have and pair him up with Marlon Klein, their three-star tight end commit in this class. Yeah. It's another good evaluation by uh, Jay Harbaugh, who's back coaching the tight ends. Um, You know, he's like you said, he's blown up on the trail, got a bunch of sec offers lately, um, but Michigan was able to secure an official visit. Uh, and apparently he had a really good time. He got to work out in front of the staff and they just kind of fell in love with his athleticism. And it's really fun watching his tape, just watching beat up on these small, you know, Idaho high schoolers. Um, So I think it's good to confirm what you see on the film when you're going against that type of competition. Um, So I think it would be good. Now the kind of the question is, will they take his commitment and then still go after Oscar Delp, who's kind of the big fish? um, Or will they be set with, uh, just uh, Loveland and Klein. So I guess we'll have to see how that plays out as the cycle goes on. Yeah, interesting prospect here, Stephen. I'll pass it right back to you. Uh, he's a former receiver, converted to tight end over the last year or so, and now at 6'5", 230. Um, obviously still has some muscle to put on, but from the sounds of it, uh, he's continuing to develop nicely. And as John said, I mean, he's just beating up on competition in the great state of Idaho. So again, it lo- looks like he's developing nicely to finish up his high school career and is clearly a take for Michigan at this point. Yeah, and he's a riser in the ranks. When you have his composite, you mentioned outside the top 531 tight end overall, 24-7 themselves has him as the number 13 tight end in the class. So that just shows a guy, despite the competition level, he's clearly ascending and uh, has found his position, right? You mentioned the wide receiver skills. He, he still shows those despite now being uh, growing into that tight end position. He has those, uh, those wide receiver skills, um, pretty solid routes for a tight end still um, and a decent route tree that he's able to show on this film. Um, I liked how they kind of deployed him everywhere on the field, either as a flex tight end, wide out, inline tight end, um, even film at defensive end. Sometimes he was going out in pass coverage in the flats. Uh, so that just shows an overall really solid athlete. And, um, you know, I, I still think there are things to improve in his blocking. I think uh, his overall uh, explosiveness out of the snap, his pop um, when engaging a defender uh when he's blocking as a tight end, I think that can improve. And that's the biggest area. Uh, You mentioned the strength that'll just come with time, but you know, he's a willing blocker plays with a lot of energy overall after every play, he's like trying to pump up the crowd. So you just like to see that he has good enthusiasm and uh, wide receiver skills in the tight end body. So um, I, I think he shows a skill set that, that you take him um, if, if you can. And, Um, I doubt Michigan goes for for three tight ends this class, but I I think Loveland would be a take, as you said. Yeah, I think so, too, for sure. Uh, Let's wrap up uh, our podcast here with the final official visitor from this past weekend. That's three star athlete Jacoby Albert. He stands six feet tall, weighs a buck 75. He's from Fairfield, Alabama, number 369 overall on the composite. Um, Looks like he's 
I don't know. It could go either way. Linebacker safety. I'll ask for your guys' opinions on that. But um, officially visited Maryland and Auburn earlier this month. Has a top eight of Michigan, Maryland, Auburn, Georgia, Kentucky, Vandy, Mississippi State, and UAB. And uh, received actually a couple crystal balls, I believe, to Kentucky over the weekend as he was visiting Michigan. So, John, this is a prospect who may be looking elsewhere. Um you know, with the crystal balls rolling in, but I'm not ready to call it just yet. Um, but wh- where would you see Albert fitting in with Michigan's defense? I mean, he's a pretty versatile prospect, and I, I think you kind of just take him in and figure it out. But I, it could be safety, it could be linebacker. But what do you see? Yeah, it's always weird to see crystal balls come in for another school while a person, while the prospect is on campus for an official visit. So that's kind of a weird situation. Maybe there's some intel that will come out soon. But uh, I think right now, you know, he's got the body for a safety, but I think his frame could potentially grow into linebacker size as he gets on campus and gets part of that strength and conditioning uh, program there. So I think they'll just have to see how his, uh, you know, body develops um, and if he can take on that more weight or if it just happens naturally. So um, I think just, you know, as a defensive athlete right now uh, would be where I'd project him and then, uh, you know, just see what happens. But I think he'll start out as a safety and eventually maybe grow into a linebacker. Steven, what do you think? Where, where do you think he fits in on defense at, at Michigan with Mike McDonald's uh, defense coming up here? I, I, I could go either way, but what do you see as, as a prospect from him? Yeah, I see him as a safety. I really like his ability to fly downfield um, as a like a strong safety type. Uh, he his acceleration is really quick, and he's a, a really violent hitter as well. So I think maximizing the opportunities for him to uh, build up steam coming downfield. Uh, and that lends itself better at the safety position than linebacker. Um, as John mentioned, uh, if he outgrows that position, you know, I think he has a, a lot of upside kind of as a hybrid, you know, Viper isn't really a position that's formally uh, in the defense anymore, but he would fill kind of that role. Um, I doubt he'd be able to get, you know, a, a, like a true linebacker size. Um, but uh I think I think he'll probably be a safety if I'm predicting it now. I like his ball skills as well since he does play both ways. Um, he, he has good vision overall as wide receiver, and um, a, a lot of those skill sets kind of carry over. So I see him more as a safety, utilize those ball skills, utilize that acceleration he does have, um, and then uh, if and only if he outgrows it, then see if he, he's a fit at linebacker. Yeah, Michigan's going to need some safeties in this class, so I would anticipate – them probably going after him at the safety spot. And I, I think they would be very happy with that because, yeah, I, I think he's a, a, a good prospect. Obviously, they're going after five-star Keon Sab as well. Uh, Darko Perkins McAllister being another guy that recently visited campus as well as Austin Brown, this uh, three-star from Illinois. So they've got some options at the safety position. I would imagine they want to take at least one but uh, we'll just see how safety recruiting goes uh, as the summer drags on here. So, boys, thanks again, as always. And thank you for tuning in to our recruiting podcast here on maizeandbrew.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, my friend? At Simmons underscore John. Steven. At Steven Toski. Give all of our social media platforms a like, follow, you know all that good stuff and be sure to subscribe rate all of our 
podcast here on Maze and Brew Podcast Network. We would greatly appreciate that support and go follow Steven's stuff. Always cranking out good stuff on the YouTube channel as well. I got a transfer feature um, ongoing. So they took in a few transfers this offseason. Steve is going to be breaking them down. Go check all that stuff out. It's good stuff. So for Steven and John, I am Vaughn. We'll come back at you guys next week with another episode. Until then, go blue.